What's up, youth? It's Pastor Aaron. Stoked for you guys to listen to this message. Check it out. Tonight, we're talking about friendships. Um, this week, Aaron and I um, were like, okay, it's the week after Easter. Like, what's something we can kind of just talk about that's kind of light? You know, Holy Week, what's up, dude? Um, Holy Week, it's like a heavy week. Like, what's something we could just talk about? And we're like, friendships. Um, tomorrow night in high school, um, we're talking about dating and relationships and all that. But in middle school, you don't need that. Middle school, just get to know each other, make friends, dating. You know, it's about pursuing marriage and all that stuff. And none of you guys, none of you guys are doing that right now. You're, you're, you're having fun. You're going, you're playing, you're, you still play at recess, you know? Like, it's a good time. Middle school, it's, it's the best. Middle school is the best. You read? Yeah, re- reading's good at recess, too. I, I like, or lunch. Yeah, it's not recess in middle school, but same difference. I like reading. Reading's cool. Anyway, um, tonight, there's no playground in middle school. Do you wish there was a playground in middle school? Do you wish there were monkey bars in middle school? I would be down to have swings. Oh, there are swings and monkey bars at my workplace because we have swings back there at the playground for preschool. I don't usually use them, but I have in the past. Um, Anyway, uh, tonight, talking about friendships, three points about friendships. You guys ready? Buckle up. Just three points about friendships. Then we're going to finish this thing. Catherine, I appreciated the the buckle. You know, you're ready. You're locked in. Um, Katie, we're doing it. Um, Friendships. Then we're going to close in small groups. Cool? Cool. First, And this one might sound weird, but first off, Jesus understands both the good and the bad of friendships. He understands both the good and the bad of friendships. The way that I talk about friendships when I talk with with people about it sometimes um, is sometimes modeled after what Jesus' relationships were like. Jesus had thousands of people who were following him. So he had people who he, like, he knew, he had acquaintances, he had people that he, you know, would go from, with him from city to city, he had people they knew pretty well. But then inside of those thousands of people, he had his 12 disciples, he had his, his friend group, he had his 12 people that he was close with. And inside those 12 disciples, he had his closest three, Peter, James, and John. Inside those 12 disciples, inside his friend group, he had his three closest best friends. In Scripture, there's actually multiple times where Jesus would do things with just those three people. Where he would go do something, and he'd say, all right, all you guys stay back, only Peter, James, and John. Those are the guys coming with me. Jesus knew a ton of people. He had a friend group. The difference is that he was discipling those people. While well, maybe our friend group was just our friends. People were kind of growing closer to Jesus with together. But then inside that friend group, he had his closest and best friends. And on top of that, Jesus even understood what it's like to be hurt by a friend. Jesus understood what it was like to be betrayed by a friend. Last week was Holy Week. We're talking about last week we talked about Good Friday. We talked about the crucifixion. Talked about how Jesus came out of the grave in three days, um, came back to life. But last week during Holy Week we talked about how we mentioned quickly maybe um, how Judas, one of Jesus' twelve disciples, betrayed Jesus. How he turned Jesus over to the authorities who were wrongfully trying to crucify him, who were wrongfully trying to arrest him. When, Jesus betrayed, when Judas betrayed Jesus, he led those authorities back to him, and he kissed Jesus on the cheek. Back then, that was like, it's like dapping someone up, almost. It's like, they were like, it was like a sign of honor, a sign of respect, was kissing someone on the cheek. So Judas kisses Jesus on the cheek when he brings all these people back to arrest him. And Jesus looks at Judas, and he says, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss in Luke twenty two forty eight? And when I read that verse, to me, that's like, whoa, Jesus really understood the pain of what it was like to be hurt by a friend the pain of what it was like to be betrayed by a friend. Jesus, well, Judas wasn't just some guy. Judas was one of Jesus' 12 closest friends. Judas was in Jesus' friend group. Have you ever been hurt by someone in your friend group? Have you ever had a moment where someone has lied about you or said something to you where you get really hurt by a friend? 
Have you ever had a moment where you're like, man, I, I don't know, but this, this, this guy, like, the, or this guy, this friend of mine, this girl, this friend of mine, whoever, like, this person really hurt me. And you didn't know what to do. Maybe obviously not to the point where you were crucified or to the point where they led you to be arrested wrongfully. But I think a lot of us have had moments where we get really hurt by a friend. A lot of us have had moments where someone lies about us or says something about us or maybe, you know, says something to make fun of us that really hurts our feelings. And Jesus actually talks about what we're supposed to do when that happens. In Matthew 18, verse 15, he says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. And obviously, it goes, you know, your sister too. Jesus is saying brother in that verse, but guys or girls. Um, hurt happens in any relationship. And what Jesus is encouraging us to do when we're hurt by friends, when we have moments where it's like, man, I just got so betrayed and hurt by that friend. He's telling us to go and talk to that person about it. And I know that's hard, but I think a lot of times we usually, instead of that, can do one of two things. We either take that hurt, we either take the stuff that maybe the, the comment they said that really hurt our feelings, we take the thing that we heard that they said about us, we take that and we just push it way deep down. We get so mad at them and we literally, we just ghost them sometimes. We're just like, cool, I'm never talking to that person again. Other times, we go and talk to other people about it. Other times, we'll go to the other person and say, hey, did you hear what? Did you hear what this person said about me? Can you believe that they did this? A lot of times, we'll gossip about these things with other people. And instead, Jesus is telling us, hey, instead of going and talking to other people, instead of just sitting on it and getting bitter and hurt against that person, go and try to talk to them about it. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us to be pushovers either. Later in that chapter, it says that if your brother or sister does not listen to you, to cut them out. Basically like, okay, cool, I, I tried to tell you how you hurt me, you didn't listen to me, that's okay. We don't, it's a, we, God's not saying you have to be friends with everyone. But what he's saying is when you get hurt by someone, when you get attacked by someone, when someone says something that really just hits you in a horrible way, go and tell them, hey, man, that, what you said earlier, that really bothered me. That thing you did, that thing I heard, that, I heard, someone, I heard that you said this about me, is that true? Because if it is, that would really sting. A lot of times when we talk about Jesus, it feels like maybe, okay, he doesn't understand my pain. He doesn't, yeah, I get it. He was crucified on a cross, and I'll never be crucified on a cross, but Jesus doesn't know what it was like to be an eighth grader in the 21st century. But Jesus was betrayed by his friend. Jesus was completely and utterly betrayed, more than than you ever will probably, by his, one of his close friends. God understands what it's like to be hurt by a friend. And Jesus is there for you in those moments. Maybe you've been hurt, and maybe you're in need of a true friend. What does the Bible say about that? What does the Bible say about people who are good friends, people who are bad friends? In 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, if they fall one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who's alone when he falls, and there's not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. My second point about friends tonight is to surround yourself with friends who build you up and point you towards Christ. To surround yourself with friends who build you up, who speak life over you, And surround yourself with people who point you towards Christ, who pick you up when you fell down and say, hey, you know what? Get up. It's okay. 
who meets you with grace and forgiveness. If you surround yourself with people who are bad influences, you'll slowly be corrupted. My, my youth pastor, when I was in high school, used to have this phrase, and Aaron said it here um, too, I think. Um, but he used to say this thing, and it was, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And it doesn't mean that just because you have a couple bad friends, you're going to become just like them. But what it does mean is that the people you surround yourself are the people that you slowly become more like. The people that you, you know, hang out with when you're done with school, the people you hang out with at lunch, the people who you hang out with on the weekend, the people who you, you talk to when you're playing your Xbox or your PlayStation, when you're hopping on Call of Duty or Fortnite, the people who you talk to all the time, you text, the group chats you're in, that's the kind of language you'll start using. That's the kind of actions you'll start to mimic. The people that you're around, you'll become more like. And if you slowly, you know, fill your life with people who are bad influences, you'll slowly become more like them. But on the flip side, the same thing goes for when you surround yourself with people who are like Jesus. When you surround yourself with brothers and sisters in Christ who are pointing you to be more like God, you'll slowly realize, man, I want to be more like Jesus than I did when I was hanging out with people who couldn't care less about him. So often in middle school, we worry about what kind of friends we have. We worry about how many friends we have. We worry about, man, I, I don't know. I, I, you know. I have my one friend over here, but I don't have a ton of friends right now. There's another verse in um, Proverbs 18, verse 24. And it says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So often we worry about how many friends we have or, or you know, okay, man, I'm not as popular as the other people in my class or people don't think of me or I don't get invited to as many fun things as these other people because they have more friends, they have more popular friends. But that, that passage in Ecclesiastes that talks about a threefold cord, about strong friends, and a three, you know, when you put two or three friends together, that friendship, you're not easily broken down because you've got people who can lift you up. And that other verse in Proverbs where it says, man, it's not about how many friends you have. One true and good friend is worth more than any amount of friends you could have. Those things are so true. We live in a culture where um, we roast each other all the time. We live in a culture where it's fun to make fun of each other. And I get it. I, I joke around with my friends all the time. I, I get it. But if, you're, if you have friends who you're like, man, I feel like these people put me down way more than they build me up. I feel like I get made fun of so much. I feel like I'm, I'm almost like the joke of my friend group. If you have friends like that, if you're in a place where you're like, man, I, I don't really know if I really feel like these, if I feel like joy when I'm around these people, if I feel like these people are speaking life over me. If you're in a position like that, I encourage you. Maybe it's time to think about getting new friends. And I know that's hard. I know that's scary. But maybe it's time. And maybe if you're a person and you're sitting here and you're like, man, do I make fun of all my friends? And maybe you're not even intending to do that. Maybe you're not even intending to be someone who's, who's a bully or making fun of people. But if you're sitting here and you're like, man, do I make fun of all my friends? Maybe just start being really intentional about the, the words that you say to your friends, but the things you say to them. I get it. It's fun to make a joke about your friends all the time. Me and my friends used to do that all the time. But at the end of the day, we knew, for the most part, that we had each other's backs. We knew, and I'm talking about my friends that I grew up with here in youth group and I'm still friends with to this day. We knew that we were all pursuing Jesus. If you're in a friend group and you're like, I feel like these people put me down way more and they're building me up. I feel like these people are encouraging me to be something that isn't what Jesus wants me to be. I feel like these people put this standard of comparison in my mind that, I know what, I don't even like. I feel like God's calling me to, to be my own person. Forget those friends, and I'm not saying you have to leave them 
completely behind. I'm not saying you have to never talk to them again. But maybe just think back to that example about Jesus having his three and then his 12 and then the hundreds and the thousands of people who are following him. Maybe it's time for your three to become more like the 12. And honestly, even more like just people that you, you're around sometimes at school. Are your closest, closest friends calling you to be more like Christ? And I'm not saying that you can't have non-Christian friends. The Bible says that we're called to be in the world but not of it. How as Christians can we tell people about Jesus if we're never around non-Christians? But that same verse in Ecclesiastes about a threefold cord not being easily broken. If your closest, closest friends aren't following Jesus, it's so much harder to get back up when you sin. It's so much harder to pursue Jesus when you're not feeling like it. Surround yourself with friends who build you up and point you towards Christ. I know when I was in middle school and high school, I had plenty of times where I felt like, man, I don't have that many friends. But the friends who lasted, the friends who I'm still close with to this day, the friends who are going to be in my wedding, those people are people who it's like, man, I, I can lean on them no matter what. We've been through a lot. And those people are people who it's like, man, they, they pointed me towards Jesus. I was able to talk to them when I was going through something hard. I was able to text them and say, hey, David, can you be praying for me? Hey, Aaron, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Can you, can you, you know, call, I'm calling them. I'm saying, hey, I'm having a hard night. Can you pray for me right now? Are the people in your life pointing you towards Christ? Now, maybe you've heard this whole message, and you're like, Pastor Luke, what if I literally don't have friends? What if I don't have friends? What if I don't have a best friend? What if I don't have close friends? What if I don't have a friend group? What if I don't get invited to stuff that often? What if I just have one or two friends? What if, what if none of that stuff matters to me? What if I just don't really have friends? First, I'm sorry. That sucks. There's seasons where it feels like you have no friends. They're not fun. They're, they're, they feel lonely. They feel like, man, I just feel like I'm left out of all this stuff. I feel like I'm missing out. But secondly, as hard and as lonely as those seasons can be, the only way that you'll really get through it strong, the only way that you'll really be able to say, man, I had a rough season, but I came out of that thing. I came out of that thing running is if you put your identity in Christ rather than in your friends. Again, so often we worry about how many friends we have or, you know, the, what, how popular are my friends or how many things am I, am I going to? How many people are following me on Instagram? How many texts am I getting on my phone? How many, snap, how many best friends do I have on Snapchat? How many 100-day streaks do I have? So often we worry about those things, but Christ never calls us to care about that stuff. One of my favorite verses when I was in high school, it's in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20 because it so clearly tells us what God is calling us to do as Christians. It says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Peter and Andrew were worried about the work that they had to do. They're fishing, they're trying to catch all these fish, they're focused on that. But right when Jesus walks by, he sees them, and he says, hey, drop your nets and just follow me. And I used to love talking about that verse, Matthew 4.20, because it's so clear. Man, God, whatever we're doing, whatever we care about, whether it's video games or sports or having the most friends or the most popular friends or getting invited to all this stuff or sitting with this crowd at lunch, sitting at the cool table at lunch, not eating lunch by ourselves, whatever that stuff might be, God is saying, hey, drop that and just follow me. I'm starting to close, but I'm right now in a season of my life where I don't feel like I have that many friends. 
growing up, I had, I had a couple a couple seasons like that in middle school and early high school. But it's been a long time for me for me to have a season where it feels like I, I don't really have that many friends. A few months ago, I moved out of my parents' house. I moved into my own place um, as I'm starting to get ready um, to get married. But as I'm sitting in my apartment sometimes, sometimes it's like, man, if, you know, my fiance's busy on a certain night, it's like, man, I don't really know who I could text right now, who I could hang out with. I've had plenty of nights where it's like, man, I'm by myself and I kind of wish I was with people. I feel kind of lonely. But a couple months ago, I, was, I, was, I had someone pray for me and they had this word for me where they were like, in this season, you're going to be able to like really focus in on your identity and who Christ wants you to be and what he wants you to do and all this cool stuff. And a lot of times we can look at seasons of loneliness. We can look at seasons uh, where we don't have that many friends as a point of sadness, as a, as a point of depression. It's a scary place to be because you have this feeling where you're like, what if I'm just alone? What if no one cares about me? And I get it. But that season, on the flip side, is an opportunity for closeness with God. There's a, a Monday a couple weeks ago, uh, my fiance Melissa, encouraged me uh, to turn off my phone. She was like, just turn off your phone for a day. Like, go do something, all this kind of stuff. And I, I've never done that. I was like, okay, I, I got, I'll try to do it. And I went to bed. I turned off my phone. And on Monday, hold on, we're almost done. Uh, on Monday, I woke up. My phone was off. And I was like, I just I get to do what I want today. And I got up. I made breakfast. I took my time in the house. I prayed a little bit. Um, and then I was like, cool, I'm going to go spend some time with God. And I drove up to the top of Mount Diablo, and I went to the little visitor center, read some cool stuff by myself, and I just sat with God for however long. It was like, I was only like, you know, like an hour and a half of just prayer and just sitting there. And I was sitting there, and I didn't know what time it was. I knew it was the middle of the day. I had nothing to do the rest of the day, and it was just me and God. And it was so, so sweet. And I, had no, I was around no friends that day. I had nothing planned. There was no one who was, like, really, like, reaching out to me, being like, hey, let's hang out. And it was just me and God for a little bit. And it was so, so sweet and so precious, and I need to do that more. But the point is that when there are times where you feel lonely, in that time where I felt lonely, in this season of my life where I can get scared or, or feel like, man, what happened to all my friends? You know, as you grow older, people move away and people, people get busy. People have kids. Like, people get, you know, it's like all of a sudden life just changes. But that fear, that loneliness, those things fade. Those things go away. The only thing that makes those things perfectly go away are when I seek my Father who brings me perfect peace. That same verse in Proverbs 18 that says, a man of many companions may come to ruin. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That is true for friendships on earth, where, man, if you just have one friend who sticks closer than a brother, that is so much better than a hundred friends. That's true. Excuse me. But that verse is also true about Jesus. God is the only person who will never fail you. Your best friend in the world, they'll fail you. I failed my best friends plenty of times. I'm not perfect. Not even, not, not even on purpose. Just like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm 30 minutes late today. I, I was way behind. And the whole, whole day gets, gets replanned. But 
Jesus is the only person who will never fail you, the only friend who will always be there for you, the only, the only friend who is always right by your side, who is literally always with you. And so often when we're lonely, we don't turn to him. So often when we're scared or depressed or feel like no one cares about us or feel like no one's there for us, we don't just open our Bible and say, God, what do you say about me? We don't spend, we don't close our eyes and start to pray and say, Jesus, would you bring me peace right now? Would you cast out all fear? Would you speak truth over the situation in my life? And we should. Jesus is that friend who always sticks closer than a brother. And I encourage you tonight, if you have trouble making friends, if you're scared, if you're like, man, I'm lonely more times than I'm not, press into your relationship with God. And it's not about works. It's not about, man, if you read your Bible this much or if you pray this much, you won't be lonely. What I'm saying is that if you just start to reprioritize your life and start to take that feeling of wanting more friends and wanting more popularity and wanting to be invited to more stuff or sit with a certain table at lunch, if you take that and you knock it down a couple levels and you put Jesus in that number one slot, you put your relationship with God above everything else, you'll see those feelings start to fade. Even, even, when, even when you should feel that way, even when, yeah, you actually don't have that many friends right now, it won't matter because your friendship with Jesus, your relationship with your Father, with your Savior, will bring you perfect peace. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray and then we're going to go to small groups and we'll, we'll talk about all this. Cool? Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for tonight. I thank you, God, that you are the friend who sticks closer than a brother, God. I thank you, Lord, that you understand our pain, that you understand what it's like to be hurt by friends. I understand, God, that, or I thank you, Lord, that you get it, that you understand. I thank you, Lord, that this is, that you've given us this place to be able to, to make closer friends who, who follow you, God, who push us to be more like you. And I pray, Lord, that we would just lean into you, lean into those friendships, God, over these next couple of weeks. In your name we pray. Amen. Hope you guys got a ton out of that message. I know I did. If you want to connect with us here at The Rock Youth, follow us on Instagram at The Rock Church YTH. Subscribe to us on YouTube or Spotify by searching The Rock YTH or text The Rock Youth MS or The Rock Youth HS to 33222 for texting updates on everything going on at The Rock Youth. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast feed. See you next time.